0: Hello and welcome to episode number 206 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. I'm Sarah Wendell from Smart Bitches Trashy Books and with me today is Dr. Chuck Tingle. If you are not familiar with Dr. Chuck Tingle, prepare to have your life irrevocably changed. Dr. Tingle is the author of world famous best selling books including My Billionaire Triceratops Craves Gay Ass, Pounded by the Gay Color Changing Dress, Pounded in the Butt by My Book, Pounded in the Butt by My Book, Slammed in the Butt by My Hugo Award Nomination, Feeling the Burn in My Butt, Pounded by the Pound, Turned Gay by the Socioeconomic Implications of Britain Leaving the European Union, and Poke Butt Go, Pounded by a Mall. Dr. Tingle's bio is equally impressive. It reads as follows, because you know I had to share this with you. Hugo Award nominee Dr. Chuck Tingle is an erotic author and taekwondo grandmaster, almost black belt, from Billings, Montana. After receiving his Ph.D. at DeVry University in holistic massage, Chuck found himself fascinated by all things sensual, leading to his creation of The Tingler, a story so blissfully erotic that it cannot be experienced without eliciting a sharp tingle down the spine. Now, this episode came to be because on Twitter, he did an AMA wherein I asked on Twitter publicly in front of all of the people if he would be a guest, and to my complete shock and utter joy, he agreed. His books and his online persona are surreal and fascinating, and so is this interview. I had a number of questions from podcast listeners and Patreon supporters, plus several questions of my own. Dr. Tangle was kind enough to answer all of them. We talk about his mission to prove love and prove that love is real. We talk about dealing with people who are not on your wavelength. He discusses educating buckaroos, how one becomes a buckaroo or a ladybuck, why he doesn't want to write about famous women in the news or in current events. And he also talks about his GoFundMe to help people avoid thinking about the man with wieners for hair and also benefiting the Billings Public Library. We end by discussing his experience with his Hugo nomination and what books he's working on now. Now, a special note for listeners. I know many people listen to podcasts at one and a half or one and a quarter speed. I typically listen at 1.25 speed. I want to encourage you to drop this speed down to one or even slightly less than one times normal levels for this episode because of the way that Dr. Tingle speaks. He has a very unique cadence to his speech. And I think if you listen at regular speeds, you'll have a much better chance of adapting your listening to how he speaks. This podcast is brought to you by Burn Down the Night by M. O'Keefe. Set in the world of O'Keefe's best-selling Everything I Left Unsaid, Burn Down the Night follows a beautiful con woman who takes a bad boy biker hostage in this edgy, seductive novel available August 9th. We also have a four-author transcript sponsor, which I am super thankful for, and I, as always, want to thank Garlic Knitter for her unparalleled work transcribing all of our podcasts. Our transcript for this episode is being sponsored by award-winning, best-selling authors, all of whom prove love is real by name of Kit Roca, Courtney Milan, Alyssa Cole, and Alicia Rye. Buds, Bucks, and Lady Bucks can click on the link in the podcast entry to download a free book from each one of these ladies. And if you're thinking, I want that book right now, I want all of those books right now, you should head over to kitrocacom slash exclusive dash offer. I am so excited about this episode, and I am so excited to share it with you. So without further delay, on with the podcast.
1: Hello, this is Dr. Chuck.
0: It is so nice to talk to you, sir. How are you today?
1: Hello, is this a lady by Buckaroo named Sarah?
0: That would be me. Yes, this is Sarah. How are you?
1: Oh, uh, very, very good. Thank you. Thank you for having me on your big time show.
0: I don't know how big time it is, but I am so, so excited that you said yes. So thank you for taking the time to talk to me.
1: Thank you. This is a good way.
0: This is definitely a good way. I do have two things I need to tell you. One, I'm required by law to tell you that I'm recording. So I'm recording this.
1: This is good. Yeah, yeah. Please record and then we will prove love with this recording.
0: I think that is an excellent plan. Now, I did want to ask you if I could use I Want to Get Hard with My Buds as the music for this episode.
1: Yes, this this is all A-OK. Okay.
0: Thank you for your permission. I am so excited to share that with my audience. Um, so would you please, for anyone who will be listening, who may not have heard of you, which is very strange to me, would you introduce yourself, please, sir? Yeah,
1: yeah. This is Dr. Chuck Single, uh, the best author in Billings, and I... Uh, I am a writer of all all books, a thing called Tinglers, that that are books that make love real and prove love for all who kiss. And and, then this is a good way. I am also a proud dad, and I have a handsome son named John.
0: I have a number of questions for you from people all over the Internet. There are many, many people who are excited that you agreed to speak with me. Um, in In the world of romance, which is kind of where I live on the Internet, you are something of a phenomenon, and there are many romance fans who are big fans of yours. So I wanted to ask you, have you read any romances?
1: Well, when I when I was younger, I didn't get to read many books. I was not allowed, and and so I wrote stories on my own. That were, were mostly stories of um, the moms of the animals that don't exist anymore, like like um the dinosaurs or unicorns or things that maybe a long time ago were were alive were roaming the earth and, and then uh, that was my favorite story and eventually i found out that when i write when i write with love and then and then they started to kiss and that is the way that's the way the story went that's just the way the co- cookie crumbled <laughs> so then i wrote my stories and then i I hid them, but then, then there was the big fire, and then they burned away. So when I was older, man, I moved to Billings and started writing. but Mostly it was because I liked uh, Stephen King and R.L. Stimes, and uh, they were my favorites. So and then I wrote the stories like that and learned that in the that if I wanted to prove love, uh, it was real for all who kiss, uh, that I had to uh, maybe make uh, the monsters kiss each other this time.
0: So ultimately, your writing led you to multiple examinations of love.
1: Yes. Uh, the, the point of, of all tinglers is to prove love. And uh, that's you know, number one, the most important thing in love that you could ever do when you're writing. Whether you're riding tinglers or playing a game of uh, handsome baseball with your buds, uh, you need to make sure when you wake up in the morning, you're saying, "I'm going to prove love today. I'm going to go out there and get, get the day by the, get the day by the hand and tell it that this, today we're proving love." Day.
0: I think that is a really wonderful philosophy to wake up for and to think of when you when you wake up. And I've noticed on your Twitter feed for months now, you have been very inspirational in how you talk about writing and your view of life, and you have many excellent inspirational images as well. Do you have advice for aspiring writers?
1: Oh, well, um, I feel the, the way of most writers, if you're writing a story, then you're, you're probably already trying to prove love because you have a feeling inside of you that you want to get out and show the world and say, hello there, world. Hey, here's the way that I feel when I'm all alone and in the dark. And so when you write with love, then then everybody sees it and says, whoa, whoa, this is a good way. I want to be a part of this because it's a normal thing. This is normal to prove love. And so I think be- best advice is you, when you make anything, you make it with love. And even if it's a, a scary story, like uh, Stephen King, he, you know, he got clown man coming out of the drain uh. with his claw. <laughs> you know, he's going to kind of come get you. But then uh, you think, well, uh, but maybe I had a fun time with my friends around the spooky fire listening to that story, and we got spooked, and we got real scared, and the, and the whole night was proved love. So it's all about the the, the the intent of the story, and if you're writing for love, or sometimes bad, bad men, sometimes they're devils, and they write, uh, to prove uh, meanness and f- fear of fear of all things, so they they will fail in the end because they do not write with love.
0: That is very optimistic and is actually a reassurance I really needed right now. So thank you.
1: Oh yeah, you're
0: all welcome. is a true way. This is a very true way. I don't want to dwell on your on your late wife, but you brought up fear and how when you write to prove fear that all things will fail because proving love is the much better way. It's the good way. I know that grief is difficult. And when you're writing and you're trying to prove love, are you trying to reassure yourself? Are there any times when it's hard to believe that love is real?
1: Well, yeah, as a human being, you know, we got all kinds of feelings. Sometimes we get mad. Sometimes we go in the cupboard, open it up, and there's no spaghetti left. And you get all mad. And then you got to realize that that's a normal way of bugs sometimes. And even a true book is going to get sad or mad or Remember, sweet Barbara, at the bottom of the lake, and so uh, sometimes that's just the way. That's a, that's a, that's life. But the point of proving love is that it is in action. It's part is part of a uh, journey, and, and it, you know, love, we all know love is real. But the process of love being real is about proving it in the face of a sad day. So when you have a sad day. You, you can think, oh, oh, well, are sad days ahead. I guess I'm just gonna not do anything, sit around, and maybe stare at the wall. But, but instead, you think, oh, well, there's sad days ahead. Maybe if I go for a walk with some name of John, we can uh, prove prove that there's a sun in the sky and uh, the wind in the leaves and all other things that are. You know, so it's, it kind of seems simple at the time, but really they prove love every day, and and it's a proving love is a, is the a process of getting over that and understanding that oh, when you have maybe maybe a little more perspective on it, that sometimes all love is real.
0: Perspective is a is a really important part of your writing too.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So well, the, the, the realization of realities is maybe important because from some perspective, you might not realize you're in the tingleverse yet. So learning different perspectives is very important for tinglers.
0: Do you know about how many readers you have? I, um, I don't mean to pry and ask, um, ask uh, offensive questions, but I'm, I'm curious if you have a sense of how big the world of tinglers is.
1: Well, uh some name uh, John tells me that a lot of people read, and uh, I I like to get on my uh, my uh, internet and go on my Twitter, Twitter, and uh, Facebooks, and uh, then when I post things, I see I see all kinds of shares. So that makes me think, oh, well, I guess a lot of people are reading this. I guess that's, pr- that's pretty neat. And then, uh, and then St. John said, oh, Trunk, you brought a big check today. There, there are lots of people buying your books. Well, what do you want to do with it? And I said, well, I want to save it up. And then maybe one day we we can buy a house on the hill. All on top of billing, so yeah, I understand that that maybe a man of truck has lots of fans. They send very nice letters and emails, and, and uh, that makes my heart sing that who love is real that I mean, it makes it makes me want to kiss the sky
0: <laughs> it it is never it never gets old to have someone tell you how much they enjoy what you write, does it?
1: No, and it never does. It's so so wonderful. It's a good feeling.
0: Do you ever get negativity about your writing that you write about uh, men proving love and many many acts involving butts? Do you get ever do you ever get any angry or upset messages from from people?
1: Well, that's an interesting question because. You know, most people who already don't love, love, want to prove love, and most devils and scoundrels, are, are they don't want to read those books anyway, so they kind of ignore it. And they, they don't really send me bad words because they, they you know they're they're on the other wavelength. Um, so sometimes the, the bookers will read my books and think oh, I'm trying to be mean about all uh, around proven love and that is not true so that that is a sad way sometimes people people think oh, church uh church made a big old joke uh, about kissing planes i say no that's not a joke it's uh the good way to kiss planes and the the point of tingler is to uh, understand that all love is real because sometimes bad sometimes bad men get on the tv and they say oh well Mm, you you can't, if you can't, if you kiss another buckaroo, two buckaroos kissing, then well, what's next? Are they gonna kiss a, kiss a, a big time building, or maybe kiss a uh, car? And then I said, yes, yeah, they should kiss whoever they want. If they want to kiss two cars, that's okay. Nobody can tell them that, that they can't kiss two cars, because cars are handsome. So then, and then people think that's a joke of mine. Sometimes it's, it's pretty rare. Really. It doesn't happen all that often, but every once in a while, people think, oh, Chokes make a big joke about kissing cars. I said, no, that is not the way. It's okay to kiss whatever you want. I'm not poking jokes. I'm being a real man.
0: It must be frustrating sometimes to encounter people who don't understand that you're not joking, but you also said that maybe they're not on your wavelength, and that's a that's a really generous way to look at how Negativity can be something separate from yourself. Is that a, a a a way of coping that you've developed over time?
1: Well, yes, and also it is true that well, maybe, maybe coping is a good word, but also you know I, I have a very good life. I wake up in Billings and go on a walk to Starbucks with my son. And uh, well, you know, it, 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 I don't, I can't complain about much. So when uh, when the people say that you know they don't like what I do as a man of Chuck, I think, well, I I listen to you, I understand you. You have your own point of view, and you you're just trying to prove love in your own way, and, and that's okay. They're, they're just trying to understand this the the reality of the love. So that that's okay. Even if we disagree, I I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna get too upset about it 'cause I have such a nice uh, way of life and it doesn't bother me too much.
0: One of the things that I really enjoy about your stories is that consent is a very big deal. It's very prominent in your stories. Is that a conscious decision that you make, or is that just part of your philosophy of proving love?
1: Well, that's important, because I understand that there are issues of that, and we're in the world right now, and and always. And uh, there are all kinds of uh, you know, some people have things that they make them more want to kiss, and sometimes they play they play games about, like, oh, he said, oh, we said we shouldn't kiss, but we should, and uh, people read that and they they like it. But, but for me, that is one thing that I I don't personally want to to do. There was a there was a book named Name of Fifty Shades of of touching, and uh, in this book, they they kind of, uh, I heard some ways that maybe they didn't uh, play the games in the right way, and I thought, well, I don't wanna write like that. I wanna to write to prove uh, uh, say a safe love, the way that people can enjoy love, and maybe you know, when they respect each other, and then everyone's on even the playing field. Everybody goes home happy. And so it's okay maybe if people want to read those kinds of books but i don't I don't really want that to to be the way of a tingler and and then also when you have a tingler and you're talking about um, getting pounded sometimes people think that that can be an aggressive way of a buckaroo, so. It's very important to me that uh, as long as you're talking about pounding, maybe when you read the words, you think, oh this this is a preferred pound this is not a this is not a pound that, that people are questioning. they all are on the same page.
0: I think that's a really good example because you do use some. Um, not aggressive, but forceful or energetic terms like pounded or slammed, and so consent is important there to make sure people understand, like you said, that everyone's on board and they all agree.
1: Yeah, yeah, this is very important because love is is sometimes simple to say. Oh, I'm gonna prove love, and then that's the easiest way to say it, but then y'all y'all understand some. Some books coming up in the Buckaroo game and don't understand that, uh, that, uh, that you, you got to have rules to the way that you prove love in real life sometimes, and a lot of that is just, just talking about it. So as soon as people hear, well, um, do you want to kiss? And they say, yes, I do want to kiss. So I am up to and you're a man, and we, we should kiss. So when you do that, then you can prove all kinds of love, but it doesn't who love if you don't ask in a nice way.
0: I agree. I agree. I do want to ask you about buckaroos and ladybugs,
1: which yeah. is
0: a wonderful way to describe people. What are the qualifications for being a buckaroo in addition to communication and consent?
1: Well, this is a good question because I... Well, first things first, the uh, uh, buckaroo lifestyle is uh, just, uh, oh, the way of all improved love. And when I would write about that, uh, people would think that I only meant uh, boy books. And so well, I said lady books, uh, just to make everybody understand, but also... When when you say buckaroo, that, that can be all kinds of uh, bucks. That can be boy buck or lady buck, and, and that can even be a buckaroo that's neither. Maybe a handsome tree or even a dinosaur or whatever you want to be. You can, we can all be buckaroos, so... Well, the ladybuck is just maybe a more specific kind of buckaroo, but we're all, we all can all be bucks. It's not discriminated against. And uh, the answer to your, other question, your main question is that the key point of being a buckaroo is just proving love and isn't... Going about your day, waking we, we up every day thinking I'm going to get out there and I'm going to make a little love real. I'm going to make a love real for all the kids. And that's what you say, who's for the morning sky?
0: So the goal to being a buckaroo, which is a concept with no gender or even uh, a single species, is to go out and prove love every day.
1: Yeah, that is correct. I think... Thank you. Sometimes when I talk, I get excited and I I say a lot of things that come to my head, but that's a very clear way of saying it. It's hard that I ramble sometimes. Johnson sometimes, sometimes says, Oh, Chuck, you're, you're rambling again. And I said, oh, I know. Oh, I'm sorry. Sometimes I just talk a lot.
0: Do not apologize. For one thing, your rambling is very interesting. And for another, this is a podcast for the internet, and we have not run out of room online, so you can ramble as much as you like.
1: Oh, that is, this, is, this is a good way. Well, okay. I think so too. Thank you.
0: So. One question: I noticed you online um, a day or two ago talking about how you've written books about different political candidates, but you're not planning to write one about Hillary Clinton. Did I read that correctly?
1: That is correct. Uh, well, I was kind of considering it because I, I like to write about new, new and exciting things in the news, and every time I turn it on, he's on the dang newspaper. And she's on every Billings newspaper. So then uh, I thought, well, you know, this could have a lot of Tindlers. And then I started to think, I got, you know, it's, it's not about as a lady, but she's, uh, well, a lot of people talk about uh, halibut anyway. But something, that, you know, as we discussed, they can be in a good way, but uh, a lot of times it's not in a nice way. It's you know harassing way and was like without the consent of the ladybugs. so uh, well then i thought well then maybe the best way is just to not write about ladybugs too much because they get they get told about that all the time and, and sometimes it's not in a nice way so even if a tingler is done to prove love i would just rather not I'd rather not add to that big old pile of uh, pound talk that they get every day. Because even if I have a positive pound, then there's lots of pounds coming their way. And then I don't really, didn't really want to be part of that too much.
0: That's a very, very unique perspective because I have not met too many people who – have decided not to talk about Hillary Clinton. Most people have a lot of things to say, and as you mentioned, they're not always very um, positive or consensual. So yeah. thank you for that.
1: Well, that's okay. I think it just applies to the most most ladybugs in general. It's not so much uh, Hillary Clinton, but mostly just I mean, there there are lots of. The famous uh, ladies in the news, and uh, when I see the way that they uh, write stories about them, I think, well, uh, maybe uh, maybe they got enough on their plate. Because as a big lady in the news. You got you got the other stuff to worry about. Not besides uh, an old man named Chuck Rand Tingler about pounding.
0: I think you are very right about that. Um, I have a number of questions from different listeners of the podcast, and Ellen wanted me to ask you, how do you decide if a current event is important enough to get your attention for a book?
1: Well, uh, you know, uh, you see it and you think, well, I wonder, I wonder if this is going to really uh, touch a lot of uh, hearts and buds, and butts hearts. So then I see it on the news, and I think, well, is this a is this a one day touch for a very, very small amount of people, or is this something that's gonna make make a wave in the culture of buds? So if it is going to make a bud wave, I think, well, maybe I should uh, give my perspective as a man named Truck, and then. This and then when I write, and then, and then people can say, "Oh, well I, well, I thought this one way about it," and and then, and then there's another way, and and sometimes uh, they just kind of comes off of there, like with your last question about uh, Hillary Clinton, and I was saying, "Well, I'm not gonna write write a twinger about her," but you know, there, there's a there's gonna, gonna be a first buck named Bill uh, horsing around in the White House, maybe. And then I think, well, what know, what's about that. That, that? That's fair game. So and then, and then I think, well, you know, kind of evolves from there. And then, and then when I'm thinking uh, in my morning meditation, uh, I think, oh, okay, I, I know what's going on in the news. I know the big kind stories. So which one makes my heart sing? And then The one that makes my heart sing is the one that I think I can use to prove the most love, and then I will go and write it.
0: I have to say, I think the idea of a tingler about a first buck named Bill in the White House, should that come to pass, would be truly amazing and definitely a bud wave.
1: I, I, I agree with him. He the, the man name of Bill. He he knows how to horse around, uh, that's for dang sure. And and the son son name of John just showed me an old video. I told him my idea and he showed me an old 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 video, old old Bill playing on the saxophone. And he played on the saxophone so good and I thought, well, whoa, whoa, what a handsome way. So that, that, this is a possible thing there.
0: So for you, it's the idea of the event that comes first. Because one of my other questions was from Kendall about what, what happens first for you, the plot or the title of the book. And for you, it sounds like it's really the subject that comes first.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the subject is, I think, oh, what makes me feel weird today? What makes, what's got me tingling this morning? Mm-hmm. Because I want to watch the news with some name of John, and then we talk about it, so I can understand well, what is happening, and then uh, when I, uh, I sleep on it, sometimes if I get a good night's sleep, and then I wake up, and then then the idea is there. So for, first is idea, and then and then next is title, and then next I write the story. So I do write a title first, but first is idea. First comes out of that that initial spark of hardness.
0: May I ask you what your writing is writing process is like? Do you have a ritual that you follow when you sit down to write? You've mentioned that you meditate and you watch the news and you take walks with uh with your son. Are there other parts that help you um figure out the right frame of mind to write a tingler?
1: Mm, well, yes, uh... Well, lots of things going into making love real with Taylor. So, uh, well, after I get my demons, the time to write, I make sure that uh, that I'm sitting in my room, uh, which is a nice room on uh, on the on the top floor, and it looks out on the neighborhood. And I like to keep my window open so I can see if there's Culberts cobbers and uh, getting into any trouble over there. So I keep an eye on that, and uh, as long as the neighborhood is and I'm doing okay, and uh, I can relax a bit, and then I'll start to write. And then when I write, I just like, kind of let the, the words come out, and then they will come out pretty fast because I'm just thinking, well, which way is the sword going to go? It's going to twist and turn and go along and cruise on through. And then, then when I'm done, I see. Uh, Hey John, come on over, I'm gonna send you an email, and then we're gonna, and you can edit my story. And then then I get to work on the the cover, and then I make the cover, and then then maybe the next day, old name of John sends my book back, and then then, then he makes it so that everybody else can read the words, because I'm not good at spelling or, or making sentences of it that all people can read and, and, and so the surname of John helps me uh, make them evened out you know, and so they can be read.
0: So he's your editor in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the name of John edits all, all fingers. and He is, he, without him, love could not make love real because of it, because of it would be too, too hard to read. some. Some people have uh, trouble reading my words, and uh, that's okay. I I did not throw, read a lot as a young buck, and uh, so and I, did, I was homeschooled. So I did, did not understand those uh, certain things, and I can accept that as a buckaroo.
0: So you were homeschooled?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And as a buckaroo with an enormous amount of self-love you accept what you know and what you don't know and turn your writing over to your son to make it make it better for people to read
1: yes and he he helps go through and take take sentences and it seems like ca- capitalization mm-hmm. or maybe he says oh well trust me. this is okay but but this per this person is the, the, you don't need to mention chaining Tatum here right? it kind of <laughs> it seems like a weird thing to do, and so he helps me take those parts out and then and then at the end of the day, all my ideas are uh, sentences really i mean he's a he good editor, but he just he just takes the sentences that are that are there and just kind of cleans them up and strains them out for'em and, and and then I have people sometimes complain about the editing of keywords, and, and I say, Well, what the heck? You, you, you don't even read them before Son John and, and You <laughs> really can read them. You really can read them movies, all that. So then it's, that's okay. But I think he does, he does a good job for what he is given from me. I understand this.
0: So proving love with your writing does not necessarily require a, perf- a a goal of perfection. The goal is to prove love and to share it in a way that is as quick and honest as possible. Do I have that right?
1: Yeah, it yeah. is. That is a close way because you know you hear stories of all old time writing books, and then they sit out there a typewriter and they, they write a hundred words and and they have all so many ways of ending and, and then they put out their book and then then people say this is a pretty good book, but it, it, it should come out a hundred years ago, and so as many in the truck, I think will. We can't really, you know, we're, we're talking, talking about uh, the big-time art, big-time art here. So I think with art, what is, what is the goal? Is the goal to be perfect or is the goal to capture a moment of bugs? And I think that it is to capture a moment of bugs. I don't want, want it to be perfect. I want it to sound like a man named Chuck made it with his son, in the buildings to prove love. And uh, that is the best way to be like that is to have some spelling errors sometimes. And, and that is okay because the point is the experience of reading the book as a tumbler with you or your friends or a handsome bud.
0: I have a question from, from Anne who wanted to know if your Taekwondo experience influences your writing as well.
1: Well, part of Taekwondo is to center yourself and to understand that that it is all okay to fight and sometimes it's okay to run away and mostly that that, that, uh, part of learning your body through Taekwondo is to understand that sometimes when when you, you when you have a way of conflict, it's not always about starting a big time fight. And so, then Taekwondo helped me learn that you you need to discipline your own self and learn your body in an important ways, but that oh, at the end of the day, you have to pick and choose your buckaroo battles. So when writing tinglers, sometimes I think, oh, well, well, what should I prove today? What should I do? And I think, well, no, you shouldn't shouldn't think with an aggressive way. You should just think, okay, I'm going to meditate and see what comes to me, what proves love in a positive way.
0: So it's all about centering yourself and focusing your intention, whether you are practicing Taekwondo or you are writing Tingler's.
1: Yes, this is this is a way. This is a good way, yes.
0: Would you be willing to tell us about the subject of your dissertation? Um, an author named Courtney wants to know what the subject of your dissertation was. Can you talk about that at all?
1: Oh, you mean know, from my PhD uh, from DeVry?
0: Yes, sir. And I apologize oh, for not calling you Dr. Tingle. I apologize
1: for that. Uh, that is okay. I... Well, I, I don't know about this big, big word name of dissertation. When I went to Devry, I would wake up in the morning and see a a, a word document on my computer, and, and then they would have questions from different, different people from all over saying, "Oh, hey, uh." Uh, how do I prove well, What is going on? Maybe I need a massage here, or is, is there a problem with my back? And then I would type them into Word, and then Son John would come say, come in the room and say, Oh, Charles, did you answer your questions? Did you have a good day? And then I would say, Yes, son, I answered all my questions. And then, Am I any closer to getting my PhD? And he would say. Oh well, I'll go uh, send these off and see see what that answer is, and that that is what I did uh, before I published Tingler's. and that was a good way for me to be happy, buckaroo, and spend my days. And then then John would, John would help me do that. And then one day, uh, John said, oh, "A little congratulations, you got your Ph.D. now, you're a doctor because wow. your answers were so good." And I said, oh, well, okay, well, now I'm a doctor. And then he said, well, what else do you want to do? You want to answer more questions? I said, well, well the questions are, questions are fun. Then maybe I was thinking about writing books again, you know, like when I was a young book. You know? And John said, oh, that's good. That is, That's a good job, John. Let's, let's do that, too. And so, and then we started writing words. after I became a big-time doctor.
0: And now you are a full-time writer. Congratulations on that, by the way.
1: Thank you. I'm full-time now. I don't need to answer questions that appear on my computer in the morning when John comes in and uh, types them up for me. I don't need to because I'm a writer now.
0: Do you feel any different about yourself now that you're a full-time writer?
1: Well, well I, 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 I don't know. I guess when I wake up, I have maybe a little bit of a strain in my step, a little more than I used to. And other than that, I'm pretty much the same way. Uh, I, I guess maybe, maybe a little bit of a strain in my step when we off to Starbucks.
0: Is it easier for you to produce writing that makes you want to kiss the sky, or do you find it that it's harder to
1: find ways to prove love well it's it's, it's about the same I just you know I I didn't take too much time out of my day to be a doctor so now now when I write, I just kind of think that I have a little more confidence a little more a little more when I write the keyboard. I think, well, oh, this is gonna be a pretty good tingler. I know what I know what's what now, 'cause I'm a doctor and and I'm a retired doctor too. So that put that on my own little resume. You know, thinking about who, who I am as a man. And uh, other than that, is, well, it doesn't matter that much because I didn't spend too much time doing that anyway. And most most of my time is spent uh, protecting the neighborhood. And when son John is at work, I had to, to go go around the house and maybe really cast spells or understand what was happening in, in Billings and the being being a good book and she's shown the world that I'm there to protect it. When Ted Cobbler comes around,
0: you know I have a question about him, and I was, I was debating with myself whether or not to bring it up because I didn't want to upset you. But if, is the devil man Ted Cobbler both a real person and a a representative of the evil that lurks inside everyone? This question is from Alicia. She wanted to know if maybe we all have a little bit of Ted Cobbler or a person like Ted Cobbler inside us, or is that your specific devil man?
1: Oh, no, I hope nobody has any, any part of that, you know, growing them, you know, the, the, the Ted Cobbler is, is a horrible man. He's a devil down the street. And he, he thinks he owns the place. He's on. He was driving fast, driving around in this sports car, going up and down the street like he owns it. And, and sometimes he he waves from his yard like he's not a devil. And I say, "You are a devil. I'm not gonna fall for your games." And he says, hey, "Chuck, want to come over for a barbecue? few and some junk come over. Some friends over." I say, "Get out of here, head I want to come over. I'm gonna put, put crushed sand in your mailbox and teach you not to be a devil. So he's a bad man. So I don't, I don't much care for an old Ted. And but, uh, as far as having a scandal inside of you, I think, I think the the of bookers sometimes have. I have a bad day or they think, Oh, I'm sad and then I how am I gonna prove up to it? I can't prove because it's a bad day's ahead. Mm-hmm. And then and then then well, what happens though is that they realize that that, that love is real eventually and then the sunshine and hitting their face and they think, Oh, well that was just a sad day and the people that have scoundrel in them are not in this way, they they wake up in, with clouds on them, and then then they are going around trying to hurt others. So I think that may, maybe well, maybe sometimes Buckaroos wake up and in, in kind have of a sad way, but they do not have devils in them. The, the devil, a devil, is another thing entirely that is just all kinds of bad.
0: I I agree with you there. Um. To keep all of the difficult questions in one section, may I ask you about the man with wieners for hair?
1: Oh, oh, he is a bad way. This is bad. bad The only reason to talk about the the man who comes when you think of him with no eyes and wieners for hair is to tell uh, all the listeners, please do not think of this man. So now, now we can say, we we can talk about him, but as long as the, the the listeners promise not to imagine him or think of him in any way, because he will be in the garden looking looking at the window, and then I, then I don't think of him, he's not there.
0: So it's better not to talk or think about him then.
1: Well, if you talk about him, you can just talk about maybe that other people shouldn't think of him. And then I don't know if this is a good strategy, but it's the only way to spread, to spread the message. I, I Well, maybe a good thing is to just say on podcast, I have a charity I have started, the GoFundMe page, there the, is the, to stop this man. So if you are listening, go there and uh, donate because I will send all money to Billings Public Library uh, so that they can buy books and then maybe people can read these books and not think of this man because if they don't have books to read, their mind will wander and they will think of him. So uh, there is a GoFundMe page on my on my Twitter and, and then they can go there and they can maybe donate $5 to Billings public library for more books. So they will not think of this man.
0: I think that's a very positive thing to do with someone who you don't wish to think about and don't wish to be in your garden. And I saw yeah. that the, Billig, the Billings public library sent you a letter to acknowledge the donations of, your, of yourself and your fans. You've made an, a, a very sizable difference for the Billings public library. Way to go.
1: Yeah, I, when I first uh, thought of idea to uh, give them uh, some money, uh, I thought, well, maybe, uh, maybe uh, will nothing to, to come with that. it. Makes me feel good as buck uh, to help out around the town of Delhi. But, uh, but then I when when I when I got to the Chinese. in good way. I thought, well, this is good. This makes love real. And then they. And then they put their money into uh, making a bus that drives around with books for young bucks out in the, the middle of the forest, so that now even the young bucks can read. And that, this is important because I did not, I did not read as a as a young buck, and, then, and, then, and now I can't spell. And then maybe if other buckers can read, they can and they're older like me.
0: I do want to ask you about someone who um, I don't like to think about either because uh, he has said some very unkind things about me personally. But you went through an incredible experience with the sad and rabid puppies when you were nominated for a Hugo this year.
1: And oh, you, no, they're they are devils.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. And I know that Vox Day had a number of horrible things to say about you as well. How did you manage to keep your optimism going through that experience? Because your way of handling their actions, uh, Becky asked me to tell you that it was awe-inspiring and surreal genius and that you have inspired her to keep writing because you were so resilient.
1: All oh, that—that is, that is very kind, and it is good to hear. Uh, that uh, but see, this is this is all the important lesson. When scoundrels strike, which is bound to happen from time to time, devils will but devils will join forces and strike out against books. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but when you when you see the way that they act, and you answer with love, and then it only amplifies your love. I'm. I've been trying to prove love for a very long time, and then what it takes is is, a, is to prove love in the face of devils to amplify that message. So you know, maybe to think of it like if you had a, a chemistry set and you thought to yourself, oh well, maybe if I mix these these uh, components, I can make an even bigger, uh, even bigger volcano. And then, then you realize, well, maybe the part that makes the biggest volcano is when, when devils strike and you prove love, because anybody can prove love when you're just walking down the street or when, when listening to the birds cast spells. And then, then, but it's harder to prove love when there's devils banging on your door, and this is when it's most important, because then when you prove it, and the whole world sees it, and it creates a wave of good days ahead, and that is important.
0: So, for you, with any collection of scoundrels striking out and being unkind and mean, for you, proving love is always the best answer.
1: Well, most of the time, yes. Well, it's hard to say, because the world has had some very scoundrel, scoundrel men who have done bad things. But, uh, for the most part, yes, I think that love is the best way to prove, to prove that yeah, the scoundrel way does not succeed. But the most important thing, too, is, uh, you know, and talk about Voxman. I didn't know much about old Vox, man. Oh, when I started this, and I learned, and I learned the things that he said and the, the way that he was. So, and, and, and I thought, well, this is a this is a devil who is having a very bad day and he is having a bad life. So maybe the way that he is 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 uh, bad enough, just being him and waking up in the morning in his own bones. And that is just, that just makes me it makes it easy to prove up when you realize that uh, most devils have to be devils around themselves all day, and we don't have to be around that. We're having good days, we. We're not even thinking about them. We're going, going out or uh, maybe going and playing in the park or going to a nice dinner with my, your son And while these devils are in their devil pit uh, planning and, and their devil pits are stinky and it grows. So it makes it easier to prove love well when you realize that devils have to be around themselves all day.
0: That's an extraordinary amount of compassion.
1: Well, as a man Chuck, I try to, to try to always see the, the the proof of love in things, and you know the the only way devils spread their devil their devil lies is if you believe them, and their main devil lie is to say love is not real. So when, when the devil comes a knocking, I just think, well. Uh, you're you're wrong about that, and you, you, your life is a way of a devil. So you, you know, it's I will see the way that you are and say, well, that's that's a kind of a goofball way, and then and, and I will not participate in your devil lifestyle.
0: That's really very inspiring. You um, you must have an extraordinary relationship with with your son and have a lot of advice and things to teach him does he listen when you talk or does he just sort of say oh, okay dad like most like oh. most sons do
1: well he he listens because uh you know when i when we have a very good relationship we're, we're kind of like best buddies and we, when you hang out he says oh well so, okay, what do you think of this and what what do you think of that and and he listens to me and that makes me feel like a good a good dad. But and, and he's so cool that it's kinda hard because he's a he's a very handsome man and he has lots of friends and I don't have that and he of those and and then so when he does when he does, does things I think, Oh, well someday I hope I'm as cool as my son And then I think maybe I will be, but it makes me so happy when well, sometimes I... And sometimes I prove love, and then he comes back to me and says, oh, well, choke." You handled that in a really good way. The way you did that—that that, that was really nice. And that made made the devils uh, really, really think about what they were doing. So then I thought, well, that's yeah, good encouragement. Thank you, son. And, and then when I—and then I like to make him proud. So then that is that is a good way.
0: That is definitely a good way. What do you think about online dating and meeting people on the Internet? Because I know you just said you didn't have many, many friends like like John does. Do you talk to people and become friends with people online? Do you see people finding true love through the Internet? What do you think about that?
1: Well, I I think this is a good word. It is kind of like the way all technology works in the past, in the past, if you were wanting to kiss someone and someone said, well, I want to kiss a car, and you said, well, that doesn't make sense. You can't date, date a dang car. They they don't exist yet. And then, well, then they get, become invented, and everyone's kissing their own cars now, and it's a normal way, and they're making best-selling books about it. So... Well oh, when you think about oh, well, I'm gonna go, go go find a date on the internet. I uh, think that you know that's what, that sounds fun. That sounds like, like a nice time. You can get on your phone and and you know, go go on there. so funny, of John was on a, was on sitting on his phone where he was looking at all the, the, the ladies and buildings, and he was up on his. Like, so, going across his phone and Kelly one. They, they thought he was a handsome man. And then, then they went on a date. as the, you know, the Olive Garden. And then, 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 then they were friends for a while. But then Tim John said that they weren't friends anymore. So, they, it seems like a good way.
0: So, John is single, then?
1: And, well, just for a while, they were, uh, oh, John is a single man. He, he has a, a lady in his life named Fancy, who was a kind of a snake in the grass. And, and then she comes back and breaks his heart every once in a while. And I do not like this as his, as his proud dad. I wish he would not do that. and they were going to get married once, and then she didn't show up for the wedding. Oh, and then, no. And then it was a sad day. And then she came back, and a couple weeks later said, oh, I'm so sorry. I tried again, and John said, okay. And then she did it for the damn second time. So no. then when she came back. When she came back third time, I tried to put a snake in her purse, and then when she didn't come back.
0: So the way to deal with a snake in the grass is to is to give them a literal snake. I think that makes mm, a lot of sense.
1: That works. Uh, sometimes that is that is a good way. If you can go in the garden and find a snake, and you can put it in a purse, and then they will go away for good.
0: I'm going to have to remember that. Um. Are there any books that you're reading or or things that you're looking at right now that you would like to tell people about?
1: Um, well, uh, there's nothing, uh, not that I am reading i um, well, i watch uh, I watch the t v show on the then the, with son John he shows me all the best t v shows and uh but, but, but I am not reading at the moment because I I write too much and that takes up all my dang time.
0: I understand that problem very well. Can I ask what you're working on right now? Can you tell us about your next tingler?
1: Oh, well, the next book is probably not a tingler. and it depends because I am working on a book, but it is one not a tingler, so. If a big time uh, big time event happens, then I might have to, you know, put this on the side and write a quick tumbler about, uh, you know, the maybe aliens coming down to Earth if that happens, or, uh, or maybe like if uh, if there's a big time race car, or I, I don't know what mm-hmm. all kinds of things can happen in the world. But, but right now, I'm working on a book called. Chuck's Guide, uh, Chuck Tingle's Guide to Sport. Uh, It is a sequel to my book, The Name of Chuck Tingle's Guide to Romance. And it is all about sports and the way of uh, hard buds uh, horsing around and wrestling for points.
0: Wow. When do you plan on having this book uh, published? And. How many sports are you going to discuss? This sounds amazing and just in time for the Olympics.
1: Well, I would like to have it done, done by then, but uh, the, these are longer than Singler's. They're, yes. they're much longer and much more comprehensive. So it, uh, hopefully it's done by then. The son name of John likes to watch uh, the football games mm-hmm. and and uh, I've watched them with him, and I understand most teams and who is the most handsome quarterback. And so I like to watch with son John. And then then I will learn this way. So hopefully done by football time, which he says is coming soon. And uh, then well, it would be even better if it was done by Olympics. And we uh, in book, we'll we will talk about all sports. I have just finished a section on baseball, and now, now I am talking about what makes basketball so hard and what makes all the men so tall and handsome.
0: Those are very hard topics to, to uh, discuss in a, in a, in a book length work. I mean, there's a lot to say about those. Is there a sport that best proves that love is real, or does all sport prove that love is real?
1: Well, I I could not say yet. I am still doing research for my book. Uh, it is hard to say. I think that 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 uh, this is a personal pound preference, and that all who enjoy sport understand learning your body in front of all the watching of the and then that's the most important is is uh, showing that. That you understand your body in a handsome way, and, and on the TV, but also that that sportsmanship is real. So when, when you lose the big game, you can get mad about it sometimes. But then then afterwards, maybe go give a nice hug and a kiss to to the other team's player that you think is the cutest. That's
0: that's a very powerful message of sportsmanship too.
1: Yes, that is, well, hopefully that is a, the most important point of the book.
0: Well, Dr. Tingle, I am I am really very honored that you took all of this time to speak with me. Thank you so much for, for answering all of my really nosy questions.
1: Oh, well, that, that is okay. This, this has been wonderful, and you are a true buck, and you, you prove love. Why am I making this? It makes me so happy to talk. Uh, it's just such a nice lady, Buck, about, about all the things that we can do when devils strike and all the things we can do to, to prove love and make the world a, a better place with good days ahead. That's uh, so nice. and uh, Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, it was honestly my pleasure, and I I completely agree. One of the things that I love about the romance genre is that it is about empathy and hope and like you said, it is about proving love that it, is, that it exists and that it's important and that it has value. And mm-hmm. yes, I hadn't thought about it until I've been listening to you this past hour. How much your work has in common with romance, which is probably why so many romance readers are fans of yours.
1: Yes, I think so. I think that any any books who are, that are written to think oh, well. I can open this up and, for a brief moment of time, be be reminded that love is real. That is a very important service, and and is the way of romance. You, you make uh, the bucks and lady bucks hard, and make them understand love, and that is so important because uh, with the world, there's all kinds of devils, and sometimes it's. Good to have a thing where people can go and understand love is real.
0: And that, ladies and gentlemen, is my interview with Chuck Tingle. I hope that that was as surreal and inspiring for you as it was for me. It was easily one of the most interesting and really inspiring episodes that I have recorded. And I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I want to thank Dr. Tingle for taking the time to talk to me and for giving me permission to use both of his pieces of music. I will have information about what these songs are in just a moment. But if you are on the treadmill or walking around or walking the dogs or knitting or dyeing yarn or doing all of the things that you do when you listen to a podcast and you're thinking, I want to buy all of these books, but I can't because my hands are covered with dye because I'm dyeing yarn. Well, do not worry you go to smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast, you will find the podcast entry for this particular episode, and I will have links to all of the books that I mentioned in the intro, many of Chuck's best selling titles, and the books that he and I discussed during the episode. I also have some things to tell you about, including an opportunity to get four, one, two, three, four, four free books from authors that you will definitely want to read. So are you ready? Here we go. This podcast was brought to you by M. O'Keefe's Burn Down the Night. Set in the world of her best-selling book, Everything I Left Unsaid, Burn Down the Night follows a beautiful con woman who takes a bad boy biker hostage in this edgy, seductive novel, on sale August 9th. The transcript for this episode is being sponsored by four authors. They are award-winning, best-selling individuals, all of whom prove love is real, by name of Kit Roca, Courtney Milan, Alyssa Cole, and Alicia Rye buds, bucks, and lady bucks can click on the link in the podcast entry or go to kitroca.com slash exclusive dash offer. That's kitroch com slash exclusive dash offer to download a free book from each of these lady buckaroos. Trust me, you want to check this out. It's pretty great. I have some compliments to give out, and this is one of my favorite parts of the podcast, so let's do this. Tanita G., aliens are currently studying your life as an example of earthly excellence to stephanie h you represent all the good and best ways and are a most excellent and true buckaroo to jr you are the type of friend who is valued admired and essential to happiness elizabeth s if someone says that's amazing how did she do that there is a 97 percent chance they're talking about you Tina B., you are the human personification of a double scoop of ice cream with sprinkles on top and really good chocolate hidden inside the cone, which never leaks. And to Caitlin R., if and when we achieve world peace and the recipe for perfect desserts, it will be largely due to your being incredibly awesome at everything that you do. If you are wondering what is going on, I invite you to have a look at our Patreon campaign. By listener request, I set up a Patreon, which is at patreon.com slash smartbitches. It's kind of like Kickstarter, only instead of a single project, you support an ongoing program. So if you wish to become a patron of the podcast, you can make a monthly pledge starting with as little as $1 to help me reach goals like transcripts for all of the episodes in the archives that don't have one yet. You can see the rewards and the options at patreon.com slash smartbitches. And if you've had a look at the page, shared it, talked about it, or made a pledge, I want to say thank you for being truly excellent. If you have questions or comments or suggestions, or you're dying to suggest another amazing person for me to interview, I am all ears. You can email the show at sbjpodcast at gmail.com. And I have more voicemail from you guys telling me about the romance that turned you into a romance fan. And if you would like to add your book to our collection of truly powerful, powerful pieces of literature, you can call and leave a message at one 371 3272 Let us know what book made you a romance reader because I'm super curious. And the music oh the music we have two original songs in this episode both courtesy of dr chuck tingle and used with his permission our intro song was true buckaroo and our unmistakable outro music i want to get hard with my buds both provided by dr chuck tingle and available on soundcloud and i know you want both of these songs so of course i will have links in the entry where you can find and download them each one for your enjoyment as you listen Thank you again for tuning in and listening and for all the most excellent reviews you have left in different places about the podcast. I really appreciate that. And I'm really honored that you hang out with me every Friday and we talk and listen to about books or I talk and you listen, or maybe you talk back because that's awesome. I love hearing that you talk back to yourself because you want to talk to me. You should call me. It'd be great. On behalf of Dr. Chuck Tingle, everyone here and myself, we wish you the very best of reading. Have a great weekend.